0: Slashers and Survivor Girls, the weather outside is frightful, but the drugger is so delightful. When the Nazis come out of the snow, dear God, no, it's time to go, we gotta go! Welcome to another edition of the Creepin' It Real Horrorcast, I'm your host Meg.
1: I am the very impressed Lunchbox, that was, damn, that was, knocked it out, just, that's, you're, you're betting 10 for 10 there on there, hun. That's
0: cause, cause i ass clever.
1: <laughs> that, that's nice.
0: Clever girl. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Love it. That was good. <laughs> thank you. Do oh, more thank of you. that. Oh thank, you. Yeah, yeah. oh, thank you.
0: But anyway, welcome to the next installment of our Winter Horrorland series for the month of January. But before we get into what we're doing today, uh, just a quick reminder to join us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Slasher at Creepin' It Reel, R-E-E-L as a movie reel. If you want to participate and have some movie ideas, or if you'd like to sponsor an episode, you can email us at creepinitreal.cm at gmail.com. And as always, we're nothing but a pair of hoeskies. Buy our merch, creepinitreal.redbubble.com. All of our unique designs are done by Mr. Lunchbox.
1: That is me. I do everything. All right. I do editing. I do artwork.
0: Wait, wait. Oh, Jack
1: of all trades. Oh, bitch, bitch, bitch. It wasn't really bitching. It was more of just like tooting my own horn, little little toot toot action. Yeah, it's a little little tugboat, little tugboat. Craig, just that's all it was. It wasn't. I wasn't bitching. I mean, I could bitch, but I'm not. So, but that was the thing. Is and I, I like to say too is that if you are brand new to our show, welcome. We love having you. Yep. And if you are a a, a, a regular around these parts.
0: And you haven't subscribed yet? Subscribe. We'll yeah. drop in your favorite podcatcher every but single again, Tuesday.
1: Welcome back, everybody.
0: All right. So this week was your pick. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It was. I would never have picked this movie. Yeah. It
1: yeah, de- de- definitely was. Uh, I-, I wanted to kind of go off the beaten path for mine, and uh, this was a movie, and 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 if you clicked on the damn episode, so. We're doing Dead Snow people. Um but Dead Snow was one that I remember trying to watch back years and years ago.
0: Probably was long after it came out, right? Yeah,
1: I mean it was it was pretty recent like I remember you know sitting down with it and all of a sudden my power goes out. So I just I just never picked it back up and it was just one of those movies that I didn't really, in a weird way, care to right off the bat. So (laughs) I remember, and that's it is so I don't bizarre saying that because I am a zombie you know movie lover. So for me to just go, oh, maybe it was just because I was just so pissed off about you know our power going out and everything like that, and having to to deal with it, and then moving back into you know just going into any other movies, or I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to go watch something else that I know that I like, or what have you, I don't know. But I never picked up the movie. Mm. And I remember hearing things that this movie was good, and that this movie had just this kind of... um, It was a cult following for sure. Definitely. I wouldn't say a cult following, but it was one of those that it, it's got a a good number of people that, that do like this movie. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's weird. So it's like for me, you know, lo and behold, it's like I wanted to try it again. And, you know, since we're doing movies dealing with snow and winter and harsh climates and everything else, Hell, Dead Snow would be a perfect one to, to try and revisit. And I'm kind of happy that I did. Like
0: Ten years later. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, it's just... Yeah. And again, I also have to put it up to my ways of watching movies where it's like I procrastinate or I put things on the back burner and then never get to them again because Jaws happens. So, you right. know, that, 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 you yeah.
0: know. And there's our weekly Jaws reference. <laughs>
1: Gonna, I we're think so. We're gonna need a bigger boat.
0: <laughs> Indeed, I'm. I'm not one of those people who's compelled about Nazi zombies. It's been stated before on the show. I'm really not a big zombie movie fan to begin with. So it's not one that I have ever looked at and went, "You know what? I'm in the mood for that one."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It just I've seen it on Netflix a bunch. And it just was like, eh, I really don't much care to bother with it. I know that there's all the Call of Duty fans out there that, that jump on and say that the zombie Nazi thing is the coolest thing. It's everyone's favorite game to play in Call of Duty. But I've never been one who's been compelled to that. So if I'm gonna watch a movie about Nazis, I'll watch *Inglorious Bastards* or something else, *Raiders of the Lost Ark*, or yeah, *Raiders of the Lost Ark*. Uh, like I don't much want to watch one about zombies. Yeah,
1: and it's it's interesting that you you brought up the whole Call of Duty Nazi zombie, like the zombie mode or whatever, because I'm that guy. Like I I, know. I absolutely love the whole. Uh, it's it's weird because i'm I play more of the Call of Duty like just regular multiplayer stuff, but when I touched on the the zombies aspect of it, they really focused on that whole Nazi zombie aspect of it the uh, the latest call of duty uh, black ops cold War God that's a mouthful um, they that zombies mode is really cool because they really add in more of a story. I mean, I guess as each Call of Duty goes on, like, they add in more of a story, it. But this one's, like, if you really play and you really get into it, there's a lot and, like, a lot of Easter eggs and things like that to, to uncover. So that was something where it's, like, when I saw the Nazi zombie stuff for Dead Snow, I was, like, I was just having flashbacks to Call of Duty and stuff like that, so I was like, and then I was just like, after we watched Dead Snow this last time, I was just like, I just want to go play Call of Duty Zombies, like that's all I want to do. So, it's good stuff, Gamer but nerds. yeah, but no, but that, that that's always fun, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you're shooting Nazis. I mean, come on.
0: I mean, that's everyone's favorite game, shoot the Nazi, but it's just weird so dead snow was released on january 9th, 2009 it was made for a budget of roughly eight hundred thousand american it grows 2.17 million worldwide it was written and directed by tommy ricola it starred vegger hole as mark hold i'm going into this and i'm trying we do have a few listeners in norway i'm doing the best that i can if i sound like an idiot i'm sorry <laughs>
1: Gotta, uh, but I'm do, you,
0: respectfully trying you here. You gotta
1: do your best Inga voice.
0: No. <laughs> no. So the movie stars Hole as Martin, Stig Froda Henriksen as Roy, Charlotte Frenier as Hannah, Lassa Valdal as Vegard, Evie Cassith Rosten as Liv, Yuppie Beck Larson as Erland, Jenny Scavlin as Chris, Anna Daltorp as Sarah... And Urian Gomst as Oberst Herzog, the Nazi leader. So. (laughs) This movie. Quickie synopsis on this one. Because that's probably the best place to start. This movie is ridiculous. It (laughs) is essentially a Cabin in the Woods movie. Yes. We have our six core characters. They are all archetype, stereotype. Med students, you get all the cliches. There's the jock, the nerd, the dumb blonde, the slut, the potential final girl, the wimp, and the horn dog. It does have a the setting is gorgeous. It's um set in Norway, duh, in the fictional town of uxfjord It I think it's fictional. Don't hold me to that. Um and It also has uh, two MacGuffins, not just one. There's two MacGuffins in this story. The first one is Beggard's girlfriend, Sarah. And then the conveniently placed Nazi treasure in the basement of this cabin that they're all staying in. And this movie rips off Evil Dead and Dead Alive so hard. Even down to some of the gore gags, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah. So that's a rough synopsis of the whole thing. Oh, plus the zombies, the Nazi zombies, come back searching for this conveniently placed treasure for the first time in seventy years for reasons. Um, and then chaos ensues. Good times. <laughs> Good. Yeah.
1: yeah, I was having. Um, well, what's nice is that. They don't tend to hide the fact that, you know, they are referencing Evil Dead and, uh, you know, Brain Dead or, you know, well, Dead it's, Alive. it's only Dead and,
0: Alive in yeah. America. Yeah. No,
1: but they they make reference to uh, both of those films early on uh, because I, the blonde dude, uh, the, the fat idiot... Uh, Ireland. Ireland. Uh, he actually is trying to do some type of movie reference quote, or, or it's not not a quote, or it's just, it's just, he's just doing a trivia game on their way up to the cabin down the trail, and they're just like, nobody gives a shit.
0: Well, there's that, and, but he also, there's a direct reference to it because he, uh, towards the second act of the movie, he's wearing a brain dead t-shirt. Yep. So it's not even subtle.
1: Nope. No, they really play on it uh, pretty hard. Uh, but one movie that I kind of feel like they really could have referenced on as, as well. Um, our, our good buddy Leprechaun. Like those fucking Nazis came back <laughs> for looking for their gold like the fucking Leprechaun. And (laughs) I was just like, the whole time I'm like, man, like this would have been a better Leprechaun movie than anything. Like, this would have been...
0: Leprechaun in Norway?
1: No, but you you know what I mean. It's like, if it wasn't in Norway, if it was a... If the setting was everything that they had was was true. I mean, it's like he was just after his cold. And then, you know, it's just, again, a different setting for for Leprechaun. But Well, I
0: mean, he's already been to the hood. He's already been to space. So why not plunk him down in a mountain
1: somewhere? Yeah. I don't know. It was just like, everything that was happening, it felt like a Leprechaun movie because the... Like, that was the one thing that I was very confused about was why the Nazi zombies just decided to unearth themselves or it's like, was it because they shifted the gold or shift like, you know, the, like, like that was the thing. It was like, like, why, where was the connection? And it was like, or was it the the fact that somebody was in their area and just disturb their land or whatever it was but
0: here's the thing there was an explanation when we got the weird guy coming into the cabin about what the nazis were doing in that town they stole the gold and then i don't know it none of it makes fucking no sense. Well, i mean
1: that, that was the thing it was like when the the stranger shows up and he's explaining the the whole history of, like, what the Nazis were doing and all that. And it's like, okay, that is fine. Like, I I get all of that. These Nazi guys were really, really bad, and they were, uh, you know, hiking through, and then Avalanche buried them in the snow, and then there. But how did they turn into zombies? And two, why are they rising from the grave coming after this gold well, and then and then and like and that like so there was just a lot, a lot of questions that we'll probably get into a little bit later i can actually soon. answer those right now okay both of them
0: the first thing is they're not zombies okay there is a scandinavian like a mythological scandinavian scandinavian creature called the draugr i think i'm saying that correctly i've only ever seen it written down i've never heard it um the draugr are undead Creatures, but they're not zombies in the American sensibility. Like, they're not slow, shuffling, brain dead. They're actually creatures who guard treasure. And that's literally what they do, is oh. they collect it and they guard it. So I'm assuming it was the fact that the box was disturbed is what brought them back to the surface however before they even got to the cabin the zombies were active because we saw them kill sarah right at the beginning of the movie well and
1: that's what i was i was trying to get at was that uh because uh, sarah like that whole opening scene where it's like she's being chased down by this something in the woods but i'm assuming it's just a horde of, of the nazi zombies um yeah so like did she but they didn't find the box until much later And so that's why I was like, was it because somebody walked on their land and just kind of woke them up, or...
0: Well, that doesn't make sense either. No. Because that house belonged to Sarah's family. Yeah. So they came and went all the time whenever they would be on vacation. So the fact that there was constantly people coming and going from that cabin... This whole thing... The whole plot of this movie is a plot of fucking convenience, and it drives me bananas because they just happened to wake up that day but for 70 odd years why were they not out searching for this gold what was it about this one particular night that made it different just to get the plot going it doesn't make any sense like if these things were roaming the countryside for decades looking for their lost pot of gold it would have been something else but then you would have run into where the town is desolate and the cabin was a wreck or something but it looked like the cabin had been pretty well taken care of somebody had probably been there recently to set the place up before the the meds the college students got there it you know you could say okay the gold was disturbed but sarah had been killed prior to the movie even really starting she was in the cold open um not i i don't fucking
1: know no but that like that was the thing is that that explanation that you just gave where it's not they're not your typical zombie like and again that's the way that i saw them was an american yeah dawn of the dead style like it's like oh they're zombies But the way that they acted and things like that, like there was some, there was one scene that made me laugh so hard. Um, I believe it was um, uh, what was it? It was um, because you had Martin and what was the girl with the dreads? Hannah. Hannah. Hannah was. uh, They were. They were trying to like figure out a plan to have someone run out to, like, go get the cars, Mm -hmm. but...
0: Which were also parked a mile away from uh, the cabin.
1: So they're like, oh, we have to drive out and then get the cars and then bring them back just to to get them. But somebody's going to have to set up a diversion, Mm -hmm. and it turned out where instead of it being the men that are going to go out and be the diversions... It's the the women's of his Hannah and live um, and live. Liv. Well, that was the thing is like so. Uh, there was a great great scene that I'll, I'll, like, I'll we'll get to a little bit later. But the thing that made me laugh was that Hannah decides that she's gonna shimmy her way up a tree because there's two zombies that are just walking around, just searching around like for, and that's something that the way that they were acting wasn't zombie quote-unquote like in nature at all right they were more of like just regular men who just happened to look you know uh look dead and rotting and things like that uh because there was a thing is like so she was up in this tree trying to be as quiet as you can and then all of a sudden there's this bird's nest that's right there and this crow that flies by and it's it's a mama crow Thinking that Hannah's there to, to damage the nest, Hannah takes the bird because it's trying to peck at her. She kills the bird. She's, like, smashing it against the tree, and then all of a sudden she looks down, and both zombies are, like, looking up, and they're like, you good? Like, all right, let's get her. And then they just start climbing up the tree, and it's just it's just a really, really yeah. funny scene. But it was just, just having them just look up, and you're like, what's up?
0: <laughs> yeah, the other thing about the Droger are um, they, they're they only dead in the flesh. Like, their brains still work. So they can use their limbs and they can use tools. We saw the creatures using knives and those sorts of things. Um, they can think, they can problem solve um, as though they were alive. They just happen to be yeah. sort of rotten looking on the outside.
1: That explanation makes the movie so much better for me. Mm. For you. For, no, no, I'm just saying that's like in the explanation.
0: I mean, the creatures make more sense.
1: Exactly. And that's where it's like, because there was stuff with like, with Herzog, where it's like, he looks really bad, and, but he kind of feels like, um, like an Indiana Jones villain. Like he's, mm-hmm. he, like, I mean, or like something that like inglorious Bastards, but he doesn't seem like. A zombie, where it's just yeah. a, a lumbering dead right. creature, but they so, don't speak.
0: They yeah. make grunting noises and they roar at each other and they scream, but they don't use a language. So I want to go back to the beginning of this movie, okay, and see if we can r- work front to back a little bit better now that we <laughs> know what creatures we're dealing with.
1: Oh, and by the way, we're going. Megan's got extensive notes, and me and my lunch boxiness. Uh, I. Mm. Do you no know notes. <laughs> I do, like. I go. Well, I kind of fly by the seat of my pants was, on this.
0: <laughs> I had to do notes after the fact because the movie is subtitled and I don't know Norwegian, so I had to read the film in order to get through it. So a lot of my notes had to come thinking about it after the fact. So the movie starts out like it's going to be a raunchy teen comedy. You have the girls in one car, the boys in the other car, and they are they're early med students you know they're probably in their mid-20s so I shouldn't say teen comedy but it starts the same way but they're having these ridiculously weird conversations with Roy the horn dog, just going like well who's gonna be there that I can fuck and the girls are just kind of pondering where Sarah is and they're both uh con both cars in the convoy are trying to get up to the cabin but it looks like they're gonna it's gonna be a party movie it starts out like a Friday the Thirteenth movie. We're all going to go to the cabin in the woods and have a good time.
1: Well, and that was the, that was the interesting thing was that not not one person in each part in each group has ever met each other. So this is their first meeting. And kind of, uh, um, it was Sarah and uh, and was it
0: Sarah was friends with Hannah, Liv, and Chris. Yeah, Sarah
1: was
0: is dating vegard who is friends with martin roy and erland um martin and hannah are dating so martin sarah and vegard are kind of like a unit and then they brought their other friends um and we have all of them we have martin the nerd we have hannah who is our presumed final girl because she's actually relatively intelligent there's liv the ditzy blonde There's Sarah, our MacGuffin, who doesn't exist in this movie outside of a dream sequence and then being murdered at the very beginning of it. So she's got like two and a half minutes of screen time. If that. There's Vegard, who's basically using the Norwegian GI Bill to go to school. He was military. Erland is our textbook nerd. He's the movie nerd. He talks about movies all the time. There's Roy, who is our... Horndog, who looks like he's going to hump any leg that walks past him, and then we have his female counterpart, Chris, who is the token slut of the movie. Um, So we've covered all of our Cabin in the Woods basics with that one. But the problem I have with this is that these are all caricatures that I've seen before. It's like Erlen's the nerd. But he doesn't have anything else. He just talks about movies all the time. He has no other interests. He doesn't connect with the other characters. It's pretty fucking awful. Um, There's Roy, the horndog, and all he talks about is who's he going to fuck next. Then there's Chris, who weirdly picked Erland to try to... I don't understand. Like, She's immediately trying to impress him at the beginning of the movie with her knowledge of extensive movies or extensive knowledge of movies, when Erlen mentions that, oh, it's A Cabin in the Woods, we all know how these movies turn out, and she mentions April Fool's Day.
1: Yeah, she was saying that like like, she's April Fool's Day is like a very underrated classic, don't you think? And he's just like, yeah, 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 I do. And then cut like, cuts, and cuts to the next scene. fucking but.
0: ridiculous. Um, none of these characters are interesting, except for maybe Vegard, because you have his military background and there's just something like he's really enigmatic on on screen the actor so he pulls you in but nobody else i gave a shit about not a single one of
1: them yeah it's it's weird because with the entire group uh, for me it felt very i like to be honest i couldn't remember fucking anybody's name. And I didn't care to mm-hmm. because I just knew that it's like it it wasn't gonna matter. Um there was a few people that I kinda latched on to like like Hannah, like because in a weird way it's like because she had the dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. It was something that was different than the rest of the group. Uh I mean you yeah, had like Liv who, you know, had like the blonde hair and stuff like that, but uh, Chris, you know, the, she wasn't on screen for very long, No, but at the same time, Liv and Chris kind of blended together, Yeah. um, in certain scenes where I'm like, Oh, like I couldn't tell whether or not who was, who was who.
0: That's funny. Cause they don't even look alike.
1: No, but that's the thing is like, I, like I was just like, Oh, 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 oh that's, that's Oh, that's Chris. Oh, okay. Right. Like, but it was just one of those, like, I didn't, they didn't make me care enough. Mm-hmm. At all, and as you said, they were like. I mean, we've seen, you know, an ungodly amount of movies like this, where it's your standard group, right? And it's you know, in but, insert nerd A, you know, crispy, you know, whatever, like
0: well, the th- crispy, crispy bacon.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the difference is though is. Those movies I enjoyed, for whatever reason, they were more compelling. I think they some of them, some of the Cabin in the Woods movies do the cliches better than others. Um, this is simply one that's following the Friday the Thirteenth formula of you just want to watch everybody die. Chris and Liv they might as well have been part of the wallpaper. They were such nothings to the story. They were simply there to pad the body count and be fucking gross. In the case of Chris, which we'll get to here in just a second. Oh, yeah. But the whole first act of the movie is "quote unquote" getting to know these characters. Who there's nothing to know. It's like okay, they're med students, and the character traits we do get for some of them, like Martin's, a, he, Martin's a, a early on med student who's afraid of blood. He can't stand the sight of blood. He gets queasy. He gets nauseous about it, and we saw that when he, when um, um it was Hannah. Hannah cut herself yeah. cutting some food, and he got like, you know, the, the room started to spin for him a little bit. And but that whole character trait was dropped. There, it never came into play, which I was expecting it to. Like, oh, okay, so when the monsters show up, then he's gonna see one of his friends. torn apart he's gonna puke he's gonna faint he's gonna cry he's gonna become useless there's gonna be some sort of um like consequence to him having this issue with seeing blood and it wasn't it was an inconsequential character trait that just got forgotten about it was abandoned i
1: have a i have a a a problem when it comes to things like that with, with continuity and I mean like we if you listen back to our Halloween franchise of you know thing go listen to that that's a fun one um, but the thing that I absolutely hate about the Halloween franchise is the whole Halloween 2 ending where they shoot Michael in, in the eyes and then they bring him back you know five or six times later and he has fucking eyes and you can see him and it's like shit like that drives me crazy and it's when little stuff like this where you could play on that where you know uh, like he's gonna faint when you know at, like or at seeing blood or something like that and then like later on when he sees all of his friends dying it's like yeah make him like go like do the whole like the you know bell the ball like oh lord like and then they give them it, the vapors in a better and then-
0: <laughs> yeah in a better movie this it wouldn't have bothered me so much in a better movie i probably wouldn't have noticed however for this movie being as bad as it is it's such a glaring thing it's like just add one more thing to the pile and it's really irritating um Because he's the wimp of the group who randomly decided to attempt murder on his girlfriend when he was showing her how anesthesia was done in the Middle Ages by putting a pillow over her face and pinning her arms under his knees and thinking that that was a funny joke. Okay. Yeah. Sure. So what we learn about Martin, and the only reason I'm singling him out is because he's our quote-unquote final girl in this movie, is he's... A dumbass he's a bit of a sociopath and he has a weak stomach but then on the other side of that we have vegard who is our former military he's really tough um he is the first one to go run out when he realizes that sarah's not showing up um he's gonna go look for her he stitches his own wounds back together he knows how to handle a gun he knows how to handle um, himself in a fight like He's the guy we look at where we're like, oh, well, he's the hero. And then Martin is the beta male who will lose his lunch if someone pricks their finger. And somehow we're supposed to suspend our disbelief enough to think that the beta male, the fucking soy boy, is going to be able to hold his own in this movie and... I really don't buy it. You have a guy who's military trained, and the way he was behaving in this movie makes me think that he might have had some specialized training. And I'm supposed to believe he's not going to look behind him or notice a noise behind him or something, and then he gets torn apart? No. Sorry. Try again. Yeah, I
1: had um, I had kind of a major problem with that um, because I thought that uh, was, was Vanguard, he was going to be... He was going to be our Ash. If I yeah. to, if I had to do an Evil Dead reference there, I thought he was going to be that Ash character where he's just going to come over and like he was already showing so much badassery. And well, he was cool as a cucumber. He was great. Like he like I, like any time like he was on the screen, like any any like scenes he had in the movie, I was all about. Like I was just like this is great. And then when it turned out that that wasn't the case and they ended up killing him in one of the coolest ways possible. Like I had a moment of like, Oh shit. Um, then it, we had to like give it back to, to Martin and I was in a weird way. Okay. With it being him because it was that final girl aspect and where it was just the weak a weak girl going up against a very strong you know force or whatever uh, one of the the crazier moments and that's that's the only reason why and on top of that it wasn't it it wasn't just like it was Martin in a group going against him it was just Martin. The zombies has taken out his entire support.
0: Yeah, they're all dead. And
1: so it's just him. Right. And that's where it's like having someone that is fairly weak, and you see him actually come out of that. And he does get pretty strong, and he does hold his own. And that's where it's like he get. It gets to the point, and and I don't understand this, but at the same time, it's like, it's, for me, in zombie movies and stuff like that, it's really good, but it, again, plays back to Evil Dead. Uh, One of the zombies bites Martin in the arm, and so he's like, oh, uh, uh, like, you remember what he said? Like, he said, don't don't let the zombies bite you. (sighs) And so he cuts his own arm off with a chainsaw, and then cauterizes it. And then they show, like, he's got no arm. But that's... But nothing happens. Well, that's Because the other then, thing. he gets bitten in the dick by a zombie, which is really, really funny. <laughs> but it's just
0: like... Well, he thought about cutting it off.
1: Yeah. But, he thought and, about it. But there was the, was the thing that was like... Nothing happened. He didn't turn. And that's where it's like...
0: That was another plot thread issue that I had where it's... Or a character thing that happened. Um, We talked about Martin's issues with blood just magically disappearing. Like they never existed. The other thing that when we discover the zombie situation and the treasure's been messed with and the Nazis have come back to play... Um, is Erland talks about how don't get bitten by them because in the movies, if you get bitten by a zombie, you turn into a zombie. And, okay, cool, so we're being led to believe as an audience that this could be a potential thing. So Vegard bites a zombie and get, and gets bitten by a zombie. He doesn't turn. Martin cuts off his own arm, thinking that he could potentially turn into a zombie if an inspired if an infection spreads through the rest of his body, nothing, and he gets bitten in the dick right after, like you said, nothing happens to him. Not a goddamn thing. So is Martin cutting off his own arm just meant to be funny? Because we're, there's nothing in the movie that would lead us to believe that it was necessary for him to do that.
1: Yeah. It, it was very, it, as a, as a, person watching this movie it felt very uh empty calories like it was just more of like that's great but and, and for the visual effect and the just the feeling that you like you're like holy shit like he's cutting off his arm gave me the same feelings like when i watched ash do it however there was a payoff with ash with ash yeah with this one it was like we were just watching just Martin just a man cut off his own arm and then uh what's his name um that was with him uh Roy Roy, Roy was sitting there going like holy shit like what are you doing like he didn't know what was happening and he in it was like Martin was just like'm I'm, I'm just doing it like I'm, I just gotta cut my own arm like he wasn't explaining himself to Roy to where Roy can go. No, don't do that. Like, that's fine. It's like, he just did it. And then he, and Roy just being in shock of what he's seeing. And this man just boom, like, cauterized, you know, cauterizing the nub. And then turn around. And he's like, he's like, oh, okay, I did it. And I'm like, oh my God, like, Martin's going to go into shock at any time. And then all of a sudden, boom, a zombie just happens to just sit up perfectly. In the spot that Martin's standing in, and then bites him right in the dick. And it's just like, okay, that that scene alone is only written for comedy aspect.
0: Yeah, there's I can't think of a single other reason why you'd want to do that, because he glances over at the chainsaw for a second, and you can hear Roy saying, no, don't do it, no, no, no. And for a second, he contemplates cutting his own penis off because he was bitten in the groin region and he decides against it. It's okay, And this is such a stupid male thing to put in there. I'll cut off my arm. That's fine. I'll deal. But it'll be a cold day in hell when I cut my own dick off. And it's like it's such a stupid, stereotypical, superficial thing to put in there. And I don't... No, I, it, it's not... The worst part for me is, is is this movie is trying to be a horror comedy. But the balance is so fucked up between those two elements, it doesn't do either of them particularly well. And that's the part that sucks the most, is it's... We've seen some do amazingly well. There's Evil Dead 2. While well, I didn't find it particularly funny, I at least could understand where the, hor- the, the comedic elements were... In um, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, which balanced it beautifully. Um, You giggled in the right spots. You kind of gasped in the right spots. In a movie like Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, again, balances the scary and the humor really, really well. This one's going for it, but it's all in the wrong spots, and the tones are not where they're supposed to be. Like You're in the middle of something scary, and then you get... Or what's supposed to be scary and you get a stupid comment um by like Roy about we should have gone to the beach instead or you get um, a moment that's supposed to be kind of scary and you get Martin contemplating cutting his own dick off because that's meant to be funny like none of it meshes together particularly well and that's what makes it so frustrating because I feel like there's a germ of a good idea in here somewhere but for me watching this I'm like it, there's too much picking up and putting down of different elements of the movie and it's it's really messy.
1: Yeah, um, I could definitely see where the having a, a good kind of just start of an idea mm. and just being able to pick up on certain ideas where, like with Martin, I think Martin would have been a great character to end the movie off on. But you would really need to play up on that whole aspect of him being very, uh, like, wimpish and uh, just, like, really play up on that. And, like, his character was, like, they... Went back and forth on where it's like, oh, um, I'm, I'm, I get woozy around blood, and then it's like, oh, but I'm gonna, you know, pretend to, to kill you, um, <laughs> like with a pillow, and it's just like, but, yeah. And then there's all the stuff with, so like all the stuff with Roy, him and Roy, I thought again, really funny, but it wasn't funny. All the like you didn't need to be funny all the time, and they were really trying to play up on yeah,
0: that. Yeah,
1: uh, Roy pissed me off uh, because hmm. they were, I guess, like they were trying to to get. Or this is when uh, Hannah and Lib uh, were running off, trying to be the uh, or go, you know going after uh, the vehicle or whatever. And they were like, the boys were in the cabin, and they're like, "Oh, well, we we need to set a diversion or something like that." So they take a fucking Molotov cocktail, and then Roy fucking hurls it at the window and clips the, the the building, and then they burn the cabin down, and it's like it's just on fire, and they're just yeah. like, "Well, what are we gonna do?" And they're like, "Oh, let's go to the fucking shed," and they're like. They go to the fucking like it's it's really fucking and that was a
0: big stupid. fucking window too.
1: It's like I was like, dude, you f- dumb, dumb it, piece it, of shit. It's like, not like
0: he tried to throw it through a porthole.
1: No, it's, it was
0: and the window was open even. Like he just was so feckless, and he was another one where body count. He really served no other purpose than to be someone to banter Martin off of, and that was one of the the things that was another thing that was done really poorly is the characterization of every single one of the people in this movie was completely inconsistent. And and none of it made sense. And then we have the random insertion of this stranger who just shows up on their doorstep just to be an exposition dump. He served no other purpose to dump a bunch of information about the zombie creatures on us and then he was murdered in the woods shortly thereafter.
1: I, I will say this. I would have changed the, the well, the whole scene with Martin. Uh, if I had to you know do my armchair directors, you know, put my directing cap on, mm. whatever, um,
0: it's a good looking cap on you.
1: Yeah, I would give that part to Roy. So oh, well, I would say after Martin cuts off his arm, Carterizes it, and he's there you know he, he kind of gives his line like oh like well okay i think we're all, we're, all, we're all good i would have had the zombie lurch up and bite roy in the dick since he was the horn dog
0: it would have been poetic for and sure.
1: then that that whole scene of like well do i cut it off <laughs> yeah and then like then like have like or cuz martin goes well i just cut my arm off you should probably cut your dick off like and then have like Roy go like, no, 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 I'll, I'll be okay. Like, and then have that like inner like because that's his best friend, and it's just one of those like.
0: That that probably would have been better. It would have been more poetic. I think it would have been more consistent with the character of of Roy to be able to have something like that happen to him. But in terms, of, but in terms of having the random stranger show up,
1: yeah,
0: he served. He was shoehorned into this story to serve no other purpose. He, it could have been like. If you want to play up the cabin in the woods thing, it could have been like Ash and the Evil Dead, where he finds a book. There just happened to be the history of Uxfjord. and he goes and reads through, and they're like, "Hey, check this story out about these weirdo Nazi Nazis who stole stuff."
1: I didn't mind uh, the stranger. I actually thought that he was more the one of the more interesting characters that just show up on the screen because when sure. when he when he came in, um, it made you. Feel Feel uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. and that's exactly what he was meant to do, Um, because he sat down and he uh, they offered him some tea, and and he just like they're asking him like what was going on. The entire group is completely silent, and they're just watch. They're listening to this old man tell his tale about this whole area and about what was going on, and it gave you those vibes of. Friday the 13th and it's just it's the old man like don't go in those woods he's crazy Ralph yeah and it's just like it's I it gave me those type of vibes however it was also the vibe of he was just he didn't he it was just that very like that kind of a grumpy old fuck and it was just that i don't give a shit about kids or whatever and it's just like i'm i'm just here just to get out of the fucking cold and you know whatever yeah but. i mean
0: he lived in he was in a tent in the woods and several feet of snow and it was freezing where this is probably christmas break but he's that's he felt such so forced and it again this is a very bad movie and it's very poorly put together and it was obvious the purpose he was meant to serve all right so we're gonna take a quick break and when we get back we're gonna jump into everyone's favorite part the carnage candy and we're back so i think the appeal of this movie is for the gore hounds yep this was in in the tradition of dead alive or brain dead depending on which country you're from this is gore for the sake of gore there is so much blood there are so many off the wall kills um erland i think his was a throwback to dead alive because of how they basically split his skull like a melon
1: um, no, I don't remember. You don't remember any, a kill
0: like that? Cause I it, don't
1: remember a kill like that. That that kill, I felt, was more in the the way of, I would say, I would say it was a, like in um, in Day of the Dead. Mm. However, because there was a couple of scenes where they're like, uh, the zombies like shove their like fingers in the eyes and things like that. Uh, this I act or er, kill I felt was its own thing. Mm. Um, again, it's just a zombie outside, rip you know, and literally splitting his head apart. Um, I brain's think brains
0: on the floor.
1: I think that was more of them figuring out a way. To do the effect. Like, okay, so I had this thing where I... When I watch a lot of, like, B-movie, uh, you know... I, I guess they just just films in general, just, like, if it's a B-movie film, you can tell that they are... You know, some of the guys are in film school... Yeah. ...going through makeup, you know, so it's like, oh, this is what we're... You're working on today or it's like this is a, a, a tactic that we like to to play with while we're in, in class or whatever and they, they want to use it on this. And that's kind of what I felt they wanted to do with Airlines. Again I could just be pro- projecting on my own little thoughts however that's the stuff, that, I, most of the stuff in this film I felt was that same thing. Like for instance The Stranger when he goes out into the dead of night and he's in the snow and he could hear something walking around his tent and he goes, hello, like, are you there? I'm armed. I have a gun. Please make yourself known. And he doesn't hear anything. He just hears like he feels something push on his tent. And I was like, that is a really creepy scene. And then, and it's, it's done very well, and he walks outside with his with a shotgun, and he turns around, and then all of a sudden you see something like go by and like kind of black at his face a little bit, and like it's real quick, but then they do this his the like it, like something slit his throat, and you see where he picks his head up, and you can see the the next split. I've seen better that scene right there it was like okay that is somebody that is it felt very new to the, right. the game because i've seen that same exact scene happen and it's just throat split blood just you know pouring out of it this it literally looked like somewhat like you, you know when you uh like eat a hot dog and you get too much ketchup on the plate and you like go to like wipe it up and you can see like just the remnants of that ketchup. Yeah. That's what it looked like on this guy's neck. Like it looked like someone just like rubbed their, their hand across his neck before the the gash. Mm -hmm. And it just, so it looked like there used to be blood there. Right, And it's like when he lifted his neck up, it was like, there was like nothing came out of it.
0: So it's more like I just graduated film school than Tom Savini
1: exactly and and like so and like tom savini that was stuff that like he would study. i mean or he you know was a a war vet and so he you know went through photography uh uh, well he was a a military photographer yeah non-photographer and uh, so he brought all of that back with him and he used that in his films and it made him better but it was like because he knew that if you do this to the body, this is what the outcome is. Not, oh, I'm going to slit this guy's throat and literally nothing yeah. happens. However, what happened after that scene was really cool, but it was just the... It, because you didn't really see everything in the aftermath. It kind of gave you a little little taste, but it was like you could see... Because like the zombie walks into the tent and then goes and they just continue to stab. And I'm like, oh, he ain't stopping. I was like, that's great.
0: Yeah, we saw what happened when um, Vegard trips on him the next day. And that was... That was cool. One of the things that this movie is is gross. Um, Not just in the gore, but there's a scene where uh, partway through the second act... Where Erland has to go take a shit and he goes to the outhouse. Yeah. And then he's get he's finishing up, wiping his ass. And then Chris comes in and she straddles him. Like, I guess because he's ready and raring to go. And he just wiped his ass with his right hand. And she goes and she puts the fingers, his disgusting, I just wipe my ass fingers, in her mouth. Now, I'm not one for king shaming. Everyone's got their own proclivities. However, if you are somebody who is into bodily fluids or excrement in any way and that's how you get your fucking rocks off, you are a disgusting human being. And you should be shamed because this is fucking foul. And she stuck his and she he's like, no, don't do that because he knows what he just did. But that's not going to stop her because I'm sure she knows what he just did, too. Like
1: the the whole scene itself, I thought was.
0: Oh, it's dumb. It, it, it's, it's
1: very disgusting, and, and it doesn't make sense to to have someone that, like that, where it's like the man walked out of the room announcing to the everyone, I am going to take a shit.
0: And <laughs> what makes it even worse is after Erland is all smug and finishes up and leaves, she stays behind to take her shit, and that's when the Droger attack attack. And try to take her out. They end up flipping the fucking outhouse. She gets covered in however much poo is in this bench for however long it's been there. And she somehow is trying to stumble her way back to the house, covered in shit. It was fucking foul, it was unnecessary. There could have been a different way to have sex. It was shock for shock's sake, yeah, and it felt like a Family Guy sketch.
1: It was, it was more of like, and that's uh, that's kind of where I kind of keep going back to, where it's like it's it's film school people that are, and it's or it's college kids. They're like, oh, this is what I want to see. Yeah, in and a they're a like twelve year
0: old boys wrote this. Yeah, it's disgusting,
1: and especially for this scene, and then. Uh, they did a really cool little little gag where she goes up. and She's about to go and, and knock on the door to, to you know to get people to come in or, or to let her in, and the zombies like like quick tackle her away uh, from the you know the you know eye line, and then uh, Hannah comes out and she's like hello, like and she's like oh Chris isn't out there. Oh yeah, anyways. she heard
0: her screaming.
1: Yeah, but that and that was the. So, th- I thought they did it... That part of the scene was really cool because they were listening to music and then she could hear the screaming outside. And uh, so, it, it just kind of built for that tension. But everything leading up to it was just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, Well, this- the,
0: that's the thing is when they were they were listening to Norwegian Heavy Metal and they were playing games and they were going through the Nazi treasure box and when Hannah tells them to turn the music down and be quiet because she thought she heard screaming coming from outside, this is one of those glimmers of what this movie could have been had it not been made by 12-year-old boys with toilet humor. Like, there was a chance for this. This was a glimmer of... They can potentially be building tension and suspense, and they might have a fucking clue because she hears screaming she goes to the door to go check it out Chris is nowhere to be found so she thinks she imagined it and then next thing you know she's in the kitchen washing her hands and looks in the window and there's Chris's head and she she kind of startles and Hannah is like oh thank God there you are and then the head walks away with no body attached to it so this little tiny snapshot in this movie is one of the only parts of this movie where they bother to try to make it a horror movie. Where there's a little bit of tension building or suspense building. It was this itty bitty couple of minutes of the film. And then they start overusing the same fucking gore gag. And it drove me crazy. What,
1: ga- what gag was that? The
0: entrails. It happened like a half a dozen different fucking times in the <laughs> back half of this movie. Yes. And it's... Once is plenty, and once is enough to shock, once is enough to get your attention and go, whoa, this is serious, this is scary, this is gross. But when you have it happening to our living characters, when you have it happening to some of the Droger, when you have it happening to dead people, live people, and it happens probably anywhere from four to six times towards the back in the back half of this movie where there's a scene with
1: well there's a there, it started off with with uh, was it a vanguard he no
0: there was a scene with a stranger in the tent and he's holding his entrails in his hand which is an oh, actually, he was in, yeah. which is actually an ironic death because while he was in the cabin with the the college kids he they mentioned that we'll be fine we're med students and he asked them as med students what would they do if they were holding their own entrails in their hands and well that's right that's how he right, yeah. died yeah um holding his own entrails in his hands
1: which okay that totally good with
0: if you stop there exactly it's gross it's ironic it fits with that man as a character it establishes what these creatures are capable of perfect tie a bow on it we're done walk away yeah but they didn't do that so we get to where vegard's fighting the zombies off and he
1: like, somehow... Like a badass. Yeah,
0: like. because he was awesome. And somehow he manages to gut one of the, the creatures and grabs onto the, in, the intestines and he falls over the side of a cliff.
1: With, with another zombie. With
0: another zombie on him. So there's two grown men hanging from this zombie's entrails over the side of a cliff. The over-the-cliff gag, they repeated twice. They did it twice. They did it once with Vegard, and they did it again in Act 3 with Hannah. Also, going overboard with a zombie. So, the cre- lack of the- there's a creativity issue going on here. So, they did... We had the stranger with his entrails. We had a, a, a droger with his entrails. We had Liv. Liv's death. She was alive, and they were stringing her entrails out. And she was still just, like, hazily conscious enough... To grab a decades-old grenade off of um, one of the creature's belts. Which should not have worked. Because it's been in the snow. It's been wet. It's 75 years old. Like, she manages to pull the pin and kamikaze the fuck out of her and everybody around her. But that's another. That was the gag three with the entrails. And then you get it again with Roy at the end of the movie cuz he gets cracked in the head and he's sort of um he's he's not lucid and he's staggering around trying to get his bearings and he impales himself on a tree branch and then pulls his entrails out and i think it happens again one more time
1: it's uh martin it happens with martin they like they, it, they he they slice it open and he's like and he's it, stuffing
0: everything back or, in. Or, like,
1: one of the, the the zombies, like, stuffing everything back in. It was just, like, it was... Yeah.
0: So, you have it happening multiple times. By the time you get to the end with the last one, it's obnoxious. Because you're like, are we really fucking doing this again? Is this the only way you can decide to kill people? Is this just a running theme kind of thing you want to have? It's
1: dumb. Move on. The... The only thing that I'm going to defend is up until Liv's uh, death. Roy... The stuff that with Roy and Martin wasn't needed. Like, you, you could have done something a little different or... And it wouldn't have made that big of a difference. And, like, even if, if like, Roy was in, impaled himself on a tree branch. Have him die on the tree branch. Like, that's it. You know right, I mean? there's no
0: need to take it one step further. All it is, is for the gore hounds to be like, there's just, there's more
1: blood and guts. However, everything else that we mentioned uh, going forward, like with the the stranger, uh, Vegard and Liv, all their, all of that is, I was like all on board with. Uh, Vegard's, uh, the whole battle with the zombies and then uh, him just out of nowhere just thinking like, oh, I'm going to grab this. Zombies intestines and as we're falling over the edge just that quick thinking and then them just hanging From the the zombies intestines. I was like that just the image of that is Really fucking cool and that's where it's just like it for Vega where it's just like Just that quick thinking of I this is the only thing I have From a writing and, and a zombie standpoint. That's really cool Sure and then and then again, but I'll and then like with live, I didn't see it as a oh they're doing this thing again because I was more like just overjoyed as we we were getting a POV shot of her being eaten, which I can't think back to any zombie movie. That has ever done a POV shot, and so that's where it's like it, it's like okay, yeah, showing the entrails and stuff like that. It's like yeah, the zombies are eating and they're they're gonna have entrails and things like that. That I'm totally uh, totally cool with. And then yeah, it's like her grabbing the grenade off the belt. Yeah, probably shouldn't have worked and stuff like that. But the the effect of it really cool because then the zombie like looks up. He's like, oh shit. <laughs> and yeah, cuts, kaboom! But yeah. you
0: don't think. A- you don't think that after the first time with the dude in the tent, you don't think it doesn't have any impact? Because after that, the impact is lessened each time you see it. So that by the time you get to live, yeah, sure, the, the shot's cool because you're getting that it's not,
1: POV. It's not the the impact is it's any different. It's if they did the same gag... Over and over again. That was the same gag yeah, no, 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 Hear me out. So the stranger, he just got his, you know, belly, you know, split open and his stuff, you know, his intestines fell out and he was just, he's holding it. That's it. With the zombie and, and Vegard, he, he, like he, you know, he was, he's been fighting with these damn things. And then, as he's falling over, he just grabs the first thing that he that he, that he has, like that's it. Like it wasn't like where they are, like again split. I'm gonna split your stomach open, and then like that would be that's the different thing. I can understand it. It's like okay, yeah, we have it's it's always intestines, always intestines with you guys. However, with those two, two differences like from Stranger with Vegard and Live. I enjoyed those, watching those. Even though they are intestines-focused, I enjoyed them because they were creative. But they're not, though. They, t- to me, they were. They were creative because a man's falling off a fucking cliff with a zombie trying to bite the shit out of him, and the only thing that he has to grab onto is another zombie's intestines, and he's dangling off the side of him. The zombie bites him in the neck and then he fucking headbutts the shit out of the zombie, knocks him off, and then he climbs the fucking intestines up, gets up there and then sews his own neck back up, duct tapes the shit out of it and then fucking goes off like the badass that he is.
0: Yeah, that's fine and all, but it's the fact that they then then why if couldn't that just be enough? Why did you have to have the guy in the tent with his intestines hanging out? Couldn't you just cut his throat and be done with it? Like, couldn't you, couldn't they be trying to eat, like, Liv's arms and legs instead of pulling? That's the thing, is it's the same gore gag over and over and over again. The impact is lost by the time you see it for the however manyth time. And it doesn't hit quite as hard. The Vegard thing, if that was the only thing, because I'll admit, yeah, that's pretty cool. It's kind of funny. But if that was the only time they no. used that gag, cool,
1: move on. No, but Do even, something else. But even with live, I didn't, because of, if they just did where you're doing your typical shot where uh, you're, you know, coming up on the zombies while they're eating her and you're, and you're from a third party watching it, that would be one thing. Having them film it from her POV, watching herself being eaten—that was something that was one different, and that's where I'm going to give them the. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't care if there was a intestines or whatever that they were playing with. Well, because, they
0: I think we're talking about two different things.
1: No, but that's where it's like the impact, and I'm talking like if you're talking about the impact of the the entrails.
0: Then, I'm, yes, the, I'm literally talking about the gag.
1: No, but that, but I'm but I'm trying to, to open it up to, it's not just the entrails, it's the entire scene because if you just focus on it, the fucking entrails, then yeah, you're gonna have a bad time because they they did use that they did, but that's the but that's where I'm I'm trying to give it the one up because they did something that that went further. Once you got to Roy and Martin. Then yes, that gag lost all credibility because you did that gag earlier on in the movie with the stranger. But with Vegard and Liv it was something completely different because of the way that they they went about it. Sure, but,
0: but don't don't you think that you could have had that same POV shot The point I'm trying to make is that you could have had all of those same shots using different gags. You could have had a POV shot done something different. But the fact that they kept using the entrails over and over and fucking over again was a lack of creativity on the filmmaker's part and it was frustrating and it was annoying and by the time it got to Martin and Roy, it was obnoxious. If they wanted to do it with Vegard, cool. That would have been the the perfect place to do it and you could have put a bow on it and left it like that. You didn't have to do it in four other spots throughout the movie on four other characters. You could have had, you could, they could have cut the stranger's head off, put it in his hands. With Liv, they could have been eating other body parts and had the exact same POV shot. You're looking at it from how they filmed the scene, not what they were necessarily doing in the scene. I'm talking about the gag. The gag needed to be done one time.
1: Put it in a sp- no I, and 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 I'm understanding what you're what you're saying but that's where I tried I'm trying to take it in, into an aspect of it's yes they are using a gag and it's like but are they use are they utilizing it and and, and it doesn't and, matter and the to to me it does because if you're just if you're just using it just to use it then it shows
0: how many times in a Friday the 13th movie in the Friday the 13th series have we seen someone get an arrow stuck through the neck how many times have we seen throats get slashed how many times like in the same movie and that's why some of the other slasher movies where you're looking at and yes this can count as a slasher movie because there is a lot of like cut them up stuff if you want to look at it through that lens it's cabin in the woods movie with a murderer essentially when you're looking at, like, the original Friday the 13th, how many people had their throats slashed? It gets boring. It gets dull. The first one. <gasps> oh my God! Anything beyond that... Okay, we saw that one. What other tricks you got? It's like seeing a magician do the same card trick over and over and over again.
1: Yeah, but again... It's not the same card
0: trick. It's literally the same card trick, Craig. It's we're never going to agree on this. No, I'd like to move on now.
1: No, but I'm, I'm I'm trying to get you to understand my fucking point because I'm trying to say is that we're... Yes, they're using the intestines, but the the way that they are projecting it is completely different. No, I
0: get your point of view yeah. on this, Craig. I totally understand it, but you're not gonna convince me that using the same gag over and over again, regardless of how it's framed with the camera, is literally the same gag. I'm never going to be convinced that just because they shot it in a pretty way, it's completely different than the same than the gag they used before and the gag they used after. It doesn't I understand your point of view. But the fact of the matter is is it was the same the filmmakers i don't want to see the same if you're gonna go for gore give me dead alive i don't even like the movie but at least i can say that the kills were creative a woman was turned into a fucking sconce a zombies got mowed down with a lawnmower an evil dead linda's head was put in a vice
1: I didn't say like, it. Was, I didn't say it was fucking perfect. I'm just saying that I'm, I'm trying to defend it.
0: You can't defend it to me, though. That's the, the thing I'm trying to I say. I can't defend
1: shit with you half the time because it's it's like that's that's just the way that you are. But again, this is the type of conversations that I like to have. And and again, I and I really hope that you guys as listeners are, are understanding that you know we are having like a really good convers like a a decent conversation. But and it's not just it's just bitching to bitch. I'm just saying, it. it's like I'm trying to, I'm trying to defend it because I also felt that there were things where, and I even said it earlier where it's like this felt like a bunch of film school guys just learning how to do their shit and getting their shit in. Think about it that way. I mean, even like uh, when you look back at like Dawn of the Dead and and all those guys and, and Robert Kirkman and and K and and all those like. How many times do we see that same gag used over and over again when it comes to zombies? Because intestines and everything else are, are very easy to go by. And again, they they go and buy, you know, pig's blood and, and, and animal entrails and things like that to use. Um, but that was the thing is like they use the entrails because it's gross, it's nasty. And once no. One time. No. No. In Dawn of the Dead, they use it more than once. And on no, top I'm of that... No, I'm saying
0: it's gross one time.
1: It's effective one time. No, but these guys, what I can see is that they are coming out of film school and they're like, we're excited. We're going to be using a lot of our gross little tactics. Because it wasn't just the entrails thing. They used a lot of like the head trauma humor or and just the head trauma stuff. Or they used the a vicious attack more than once. And they like with the zombie in the, the tent of the stranger that just kept fucking stabbing or Martin when he was just going and just taking the hatchet to one of those faces. He just kept going. It's one like, scene. I understand that. I'm, I'm trying to say that I can see where stuff like that happens where they're like, you already did that. Go to something else Mm -hmm. I get that But And only thing I defended Was the way that they projected Those entrails And that intro gag Was For me Personally I had no problem with Because of what The way that they projected it Once they got to like The Martin and Royce Gags Whatever Problem you already did that, or the Martin hitting the hatchet, boom! You already did that. So I'm agreeing with you on that. The vegard and live—that's the only two thing that I'm defending, really, in this entire fucking movie. Like that's the only thing because I'm on your side with all of that. It's it's a like, yeah, and same thing when we watch Friday the Thirteenth or any of those. Slasher movies was like, I don't need to see the third person get their throat slid. Give me something different. I want to see a different kill. Most of the time, Friday the 13th is pretty good with a creative kill or, or Halloween or any of that. But that's the thing is like when you, as a horror movie fan, you want to go and see the kills. You want to see them be get creative and you want to see them do stuff like that. In this film... Yes, the creativity was getting there, but it was so adolescent. I, I would say that it was just more of like they went for blood and gore, and it didn't. They they failed because they they they, they missed opportunities. They missed so many open. Well, points. that's
0: the thing. Is okay. So you're gonna you're going for the gore hounds, right? You want to go. Maybe in a grindhousey type direction. Maybe you want to go in a torture porn type direction, like Saw, Hostel, whatever. Like, but stick the fucking landing on it and really go for the gusto. And it just felt like they were playing it, even though it it was gory and it was messy, they still somehow were playing it safe by being repetitious. And they weren't really going for what it was. I'm not a gore hound. I don't like Gore for Gore's sake. I like it when it has a point to either hit you in the gut, give you some sort of an emotion. Um, But for me, too much is too much. And at that point, I don't want to see it. It's just gross. There's no impact left. And for me, it's like you're just playing this because you think it's funny and it's just, it's yucky to be yucky. And... By the end of this movie, they seem to be so focused on trying to nail the gory parts of it. They forgot that they still had to film a movie. And you, except for one scene where Hannah, who I was so rooting to be our fucking final girl. She comes up behind Martin, doesn't announce herself. He's going ham on a fucking zombie with a hatchet. And like
1: he they, he they were going nuts on with chainsaws and hatchets and everything like I mean they were like
0: no but like he's in the middle of going yeah. like of hacking at a zombie with a fucking hatchet in his hand. She doesn't say Martin, it's me, Hannah instead she touches him so he swings around, drives that hatchet through her neck and shoulder which is actually really sad because this is his girlfriend he loves this woman. But on the flip side of it, up until this point, we're under the impression that Hannah's a really intelligent human being. Intelligent human beings don't do dumb shit like this. So it's completely inconsistent with her character up until this point. Is it sad? Yeah. It Can you feel the emotion in that? Yeah. Because afterwards, Martin goes fucking berserk. But... Th-
1: this movie... it. For me, it pulled up on a lot of wasted...
0: So much wasted potential. W- and it's Wasted potential.
1: And uh, because, like, with with Hannah, it's like, yes, I wanted her to be one of the finals. And, and just... Because she seemed like she had everything going for her. And, like, the whole... Like, when she's running away from uh, one of the zombies, she's on the side of a cliff and she decides to stomp and have you know have the snow slide out from under her and the zombie and they fall you know off the cliff and then she ends up waking up in the snow and she's like freaking out and she like ends up finding or finding her way out and like she gets out and she sees a zombie with his head sticking out of the snow and he's just like you know grunting and stuff so she gets out she walks up to him and just like punches the shit out of his head And I was like, that's so satisfying because it's... And that aspect where it's like, holy... Like, okay, she's going to survive. Like, she's going to be good. And then, like, the whole thing when they get the Martin, it was just like... It's very, like... I was like, no! It's like, why would you do that? It's like... I was like, damn it! Like, oh, okay, well, she's, she's out. But then, the Vegard thing. That also chapped my ass. Because it was just... You went through so much badassery with him. And then, like, when he gets there, like, okay, he fucking pulls up on his, on a snowmobile. He, when he was down in the the cave, like, the Nazi cave, he found, like, a big machine gun. It
0: was like a mini Gatling gun. Yeah,
1: he attached it to the front of a snowmobile, drove up. Martin and Roy are just sitting there. Uh, you know, battling these zombies, and all of a sudden, like it was a uh, uh, the army is up on this hill, and he's like, he's like, go ahead and duck down, or whatever, and all of a sudden, Vegard just starts blasting away. Super cool, like super cool moment. And then later on, uh, Vegard and Martin are in the the woods, and they're uh, walking. I forget like what initially their their plan was to do. I think it was to to go for the cars. Um, as he's standing there, Vegar gets taken by a big a, a group of zombies. They hoist him up and then they literally rip him apart, limb from limb. Super cool shot. but this man should have been able to hear things creeping up behind him in the snow, crunching around. He's military like come on another
0: inconsistent character thing that they did it's fucking stupid you you kill off your most capable characters and you give the inept wuss like you can't even call him a final girl because if you look if you look at all of our final girl type characters in a lot of these horror movies they had something that they overcame but there was already kind of a strength about them martin was a fucking wuss like even all right, if you want to talk about like the male final girl version, well, let's Nightmare on Elm Street 2 with Jesse. Like even like Jesse had some stuff to overcome. He was he had been fucked with the entire time by Freddy Krueger. And it was just like he I mean, he still ended up being saved by a woman, but it was I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's the fact that it's harder to believe a man will be put in that position over a woman because of just the sort of like cultural expectations and stereotypes that we have but there was nothing about his characterization up until that point I think we mentioned this before so sorry if I'm sorry for repeating myself up until that point that would give you any indication that this guy could handle himself in a crisis because he couldn't handle his girlfriend cutting her finger and then you have the guy who actually is strength and he was actually a really good example of what proper masculinity is supposed to look like like this is a masculine man this is a good version of a manly man and this is the kind of thing that you think of when you think of those things and you're i don't know the whole thing is it hurts my fucking head and it's dumb it's dumb and the ending of this movie just gets even worse because herzog the leader of this zombie platoon roars like a lion and all of a sudden hundreds of zombies come up out of the snow. When we hear the story about this platoon in my head, a dozen people, maybe platoons are meant to be kind of small. He raises an entire fucking army out of the snow by roaring like Mufasa and how many zombies did it take, or how many of these Nazis did it take to go into this teeny tiny Norwegian town of, I don't know, 100 people, 1,000 people? It's a little bitty nobody lives there to steal some gold and jewelry from, like, the local people. You don't need a th- an army of thousands to do that. You need, like, 10. So... I guess it's supposed to just look imposing and intimidating because Martin's about to be mowed down by he, hundreds he, of zombies. He's a, he's
1: a warner man facing an army of of zombies. Like that's that. It's just the the imagery of of what happened because it's like uh, they were like he was like but he's about to go ham on on uh, Herzog and and all of a sudden Herzog's like all right cool like let me get my homies. Right, he
0: brings his friends. Yeah,
1: bring my homies out and. uh. And that's when like, it was just funny because Martin's like, he just, he's sitting there and he's got, he's got his weapons ready to go. And all of a sudden Herzog does the roar and then zombies show up and Martin's like, fuck this. And he just like, oh, hauls ass towards the car. Yeah.
0: And it, the idea was, oh, like the leprechaun, you give him the treasure back, he goes away. And, um, so he hauls ass back to the burnt out cabin finds the box, hands the box to Herzog, we're thinking it's over, which is so anticlimactic compared to everything he had been through up until that point. It's like, oh, here, sir, here's your money back.
1: And then he... I found your wallet.
0: And Herzog and his crew walk away. By nightfall, Martin has found his car. He gets in. He goes to start the car. He leans forward and... A little piece of Nazi gold falls out into the floorboard there's Herzog in the window why fucking why if he knew that Martin had that piece of gold in his on his person at that point why would he have walked away from the burnt-out fucking cabin was right. it just the filmmakers getting greedy to try to get one more scare in?
1: That's exactly what it is. It's it, it's just a, it's a, it's a cheap scare. Um, and the only thing I can think of is that, that he gave, gave him back, back his gold. And then he's like, oh, hey, I don't have all my gold back. And that's where I kind of go back into the leprechaun where it's the same thing where it's like, oh, i have you know, 99 pieces. And it's.
0: Right. But at least. Yeah. You know. At least it would have been more interesting if Martin had fucking swallowed it. Like <laughs> yeah. the fat boy and Leprechaun. I just... I
1: the, the thing that, that kills me is that the gold and everything that they... Like the treasure that they found, it was one box.
0: It was a very small box. It was
1: a very small box. And the the treasure that they found, it wasn't a Nazi paraphernalia or anything like that. So it wasn't anything special... That would have them go, oh, like this is like Herzog's wife's, you know, they are like something that's going to make him want to come back. However, and that's the thing that that kills me about this, uh, about the lore whatever of, of what is actually happening with Herzog and his army. And it's like, why, what brought you back? Like what woke you up? After 70 some odd years of, of being in the snow. And then, two, what is so goddamn special about this jewelry that makes you want this shit? Right. And then, I mean, was it a, a you know, a Jew like a Jewish person's, like, no. like, there's no, there's, there's absolutely nothing that sets that up. No, and they, that, that's what kills it for the story for me.
0: Right. No, they had their, they had their, stolen jewelry was stolen from them or something i don't fucking know (laughs) it hurts my head trying to figure it out this thing is a goddamn mess uh do you have anything else to add because i think we can go into our skull ratings
1: i would love to see your skull rating on this one all right
0: i gave it a (laughs) 1.9 and the only reason why it's even that high is because the makeup effects were actually pretty good That's it. The makeup was good. And even though the intro gag, which we argued about ad nauseum before, was entirely too repetitious, it still looked believable. Like it was a believable thing they were stringing entrails out of a human being. Other than that, the plot's a goddamn mess. There's no story. Or you could say there's kind of, there's crumbs of a story to work off of it's repetitious it's not creative it's fucking dumb i hated the ending and i guess it looks like martin was supposed to have been killed at the end of it but i guess he's in the sequel red red versus dead K. all the decent characters there was only two that you even gave a shit about and they were murdered and everybody else was just fucking cannon fodder and it's almost worse than a Friday the 13th movie or like an 80s, your generic 80s slasher movie because this movie is being held up in some sort of higher esteem. Like I see a lot of really positive reviews on this and it's not just like a Friday the 13th where it's like, well, the killer's really cool. It There's people who genuinely enjoy this thing for reasons that don't actually exist in this film. I mean, good on you if you do. And and I what's worse is I like some really dumb movies. I like some really off the wall stupid movies. But this one frustrated with frustrated me, it pissed me off and I don't ever want to watch it again. So I've heard the sequel is better, but this is such a low bar.
1: I've, I've heard that as well. And I still want to, to dive into the sequel because yeah, I've heard that that they really kind of tie it in a little Mm -hmm. bit better. Um, So it's, I was like hopeful, hopeful thinking. Um, So yeah, I not, not surprised on your, uh, on your skull rating there. Um, For me, I ended up giving it a 2.3. So still still pretty low on the bar uh but definitely a little bit higher than yours. Um for me the same uh same aspect story confused the shit out of me. Um I did not I didn't understand what caused the zombies to come back and then go after this box. It's like it's not like with uh, the Evil Dead, where they say, uh, you know, a special, you know, special incant- incantation, yeah. and then, oh, oh, now this evil's coming back, and then it's after this book, or whatever. None of that. It's just, nope, this is a, this is my jewelry, you got my shit, I'm coming after your ass. Yeah. Um, none of that. And, but at the same time, the special effects were really good. And and I and when I say that it's like oh it's like oh, someone at a film school using it it's like you could be at a film school and make some really mm-hmm. good shit, yeah. and this was as you said very believable. Um, I mean hell even the thing where, um, Erlen is, is you know getting his head literally split open like a pistachio and his his brain plops out onto the floor is super satisfying because they just really go in and just kind of give you just everything that you possibly want. And again, it is very believable. So I give them, you know, big points for their just some trying to be a little creative, but it's like giving you a a believable uh, you know just special effects uh yeah. makeup and and also uh, Herzog and the zombies they looked really fucking cool um and yeah you know, i'm I'm a sucker for a Nazi zombie so uh that that was that was fine so yeah. yeah interested to see the the second one but um but yeah this one it was just kind of like eh, little it was definitely definitely a little bit of a dud on my end yeah. uh, but I mean still If if it if it didn't have the kills in this, this thing would have been a complete shit show. A complete shit show. But because they had some really cool kills, I'll allow it. I'll I'll be fine.
0: I mean, that makes one of us. um, If you say so. What's worse is a lot of, for a lot of movies that are kind of dumb, or there's something, there's like a plot point missing or something wacky with the script sometimes I can be the type to just say oh you just go with it and I've said that multiple times here on the show like just go with it and you just kind of have to roll with whatever they're doing but when there's so many glaring issues and you're compounding it with so many structural script problems Suddenly you can't do that anymore. You can't just go with it because you keep getting smacked over the head with all of these problems and it sucks. It really does. Um, I can see glimmers of potential, but unfortunately the, it just was never lived up to. Um, if you love it, you love it. That's cool. But this one's going to go in the nope pile for me. Um, (laughs) And that's where it's going to live forever and ever and always, so I never have to watch it again.
1: <laughs> yeah. And and I like to always say this, too, is that, if again, if you, if you love the movie, love the movie. We love to hear from you. It's like, if you have a completely different opinion on it, please send us an email. Like, we like to hear, you know, we like conversations, and we like hear, hearing other people's conversations. So if you have a different opinion about it, we like to hear from you. Yes. And that
0: is it for Dead Snow. Thank freaking god. It's over. Join us next week for a much better movie. <laughs> We're going to Maine. Yeah. We're going to do Stephen King's Misery.
1: Ah, uh, I like uh, I can already tell that just hearing the name of the movie, I already cringe. And so I already know that this is going to be a really good one coming up yeah, for sure. So, I yeah.
0: I mean, I would hope so. Kathy Bates was nominated for an Oscar for this one.
1: Like I adore Kathy Bates and I mean, it's just and con, I mean, like it's going to be it's going to be a classic one for sure, but it's still
0: it's going to be painful to watch.
1: Oh my yeah. god. Yeah.
0: There's going to be some things so, join us next week for that. If you've hit the subscribe button already, uh, thank you. If you haven't, do it. Dealing Cause, with
1: our arguing.
0: Because then, <laughs> no, those are always our most interesting episodes, man. So, if you subscribe, we drop in your favorite podcatcher every single Tuesday. Join us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Slasher, at Creepin' It Real, R-E-E-L as a movie reel. Um, if you want to join in some conversation, make some recommendations, or if you'd like to sponsor an episode, you can email us at creepinitreal.cm at gmail.com. And if you like us a whole bunch, like bunches and bunches, we're whores. Go ahead and buy our merch at creepingitreal.redbubble.com. All of our designs are done by Mister Lunchbox, and you can get them on every printed on everything from mugs to stationery to t-shirts yeah. and home goods.
1: And uh, if you guys would like a quick link, if you go to our Instagram page, like right under our like little comment section, I think like we have a link.
0: It's in the about section. Yeah.
1: So it's like you just you click on it, boom, takes you right to the page, and you can go and shop to your heart's content.
0: Mm-hmm. Always encouraged. All right, guys. That's it. Thank you so much for joining us and listening to our bickering, because that's always super fun <laughs> to hear mom and get mom and dad argue.
1: I mean, we are married, so this is this is genuinely how a lot of our conversations go. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fine.
0: <laughs> so uh, with that, I've been Meg.
1: I have been Lunchbox.
0: And, um... Friends don't let friends watch dumb movies.